Welcome to the Cheapskate Show, everybody. Today, we are going to talk about fake news. Nope, sorry. Make that fake reviews. They're kind of a big problem, especially on Amazon, but we're going to teach you how to spot the fakes and what you should know about product reviews in general. Plus, we're going to tell you how to get totally free magazines to read on your phone or tablet. I'm Rick Broida, CNET Senior Commerce Editor, but better known around these parts as The Cheapskate. Joining me, as always, is the Sherman to my Mr. Peabody. It's Dave Johnson. Hello, Dave. <laughs> Actually, I kind of think of you as more of my grommet to my Wallace. <laughs> I think if listeners are not of a certain age, they are not going to understand any of these references. That's okay, because hip-hop scares you. Oh, I love me some Wallace and Gromit. Which one was which? I forget. Am I am I the dog in this scenario? Yeah, I said that you were the grommet to my Wallace, so you're the dog. And Mr. Peabody was a dog too, right? That's right. Did we ever get an origin story like why there's a talking dog who's super brilliant? It just seems self-evident to me. I, I don't <laughs> think you need an origin story for that. Oh my gosh. I used to love Rocky and Bullwinkle as a kid, and then every once in a while they would toss in a Mr. Peabody and Sherman, and I think I loved those even more. I just love any story in which there's a talking dog or a dog that has a human job. I keep coming up with TV show concepts that's like, you know, Dr. Dog, MD, and Dog Police. And my favorite one is Barks, the Bay Area Canine Rescue Squad. <laughs> and Dave, let's not forget everybody's favorite, Deal Dog. That's right. He's our mascot. <laughs> I, I know you've been dying to bring Deal Dog on the show, and <laughs> you know it's no time like the president. Deal Dog, what have you got for us today? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, everybody. Some, sometimes we just like to be silly. So, Dave, before we get on to today's main event, uh, let's talk about a couple things that relate to last week's episode. First of all, we were talking about things you should never pay full price for, specifically things like, oh, video games. <laughs> right. And what did you do, like, the very next day? I was reminded when we recorded the podcast how badly I wanted Half-Life Alex, And so I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't wait any longer, and I plunked down $60 for Half-Life Alex. Oh. I don't think we can be friends anymore. <laughs> well, we can, if you want to come over and play Half-Life Alex on my Oculus Quest, you got to stay friends with me. Yeah, I was just about to say, can I come over and play it? Because I'm too, <laughs> I'm too cheap to spend $60 on that game, but I really, really, really want to check it out because I have always loved Half-Life. But nevertheless, let's just talk about one other thing. Uh, we mentioned, we've specifically called out Amazon's Echo Studio, which is their higher-end smart speaker, and I noted that that one rarely goes on sale. I think it had been on sale exactly twice since it came out. Well, just like literally this last couple days and this weekend, it is on sale for $170, which is $30 off, but we also have to mention another deal, related deal, that's at Best Buy that just happened over the weekend, and I'm sorry to say it'll probably be gone by the time you listen to this, but you should just know that it existed because who knows it will come back in the future. Dave, what what is this Best Buy insanity that's happening right now? Yeah, this is an amazing deal. So for days, you can get it for $200, but they throw in 
two things for free, an Echo Show 5 and a Philips smart bulb. So that's $105 worth of free stuff when you spend $200 on the Echo Studio. But as of this morning, Amazon dropped $30 on their price for the Echo Studio, so it's $170. Best Buy matches it. So right now, and this will probably be gone by the time the podcast airs, but over at Best Buy, you can get the Echo Studio for $170, which is $30 off, but they're still bundling the Echo Show 5 and the Philips light bulb. So you're getting $30 off, and you're getting $105 worth of free stuff. It is, hands down, the best deal I've ever seen on anything. I can't <laughs> imagine a better ever. deal unless they throw in a free Tesla with it. Yeah, that that is really, really a great bundle. Uh, I actually went ahead and, and jumped at that. Uh, I actually spent some of my very own hard-earned money uh, on that because I had been wanting an upgrade. I'm still using a first-generation Echo speaker, and I had really wanted to get the studio. And then when they threw the show in, I don't even own a smart screen device. I've been really eager to try one out and see if I actually like the thing. So this was just too good to pass up, so I jumped on it. This is a really great example of how great deals can come up any time of year. I mean, here it is uh, mid-August. It's There's nothing going on right now. It's not back-to-school time. It's not holiday time. And yet there's this insanely good bundle. So it's not always a great idea to wait until a certain time of year to buy a particular product or whatever. Whenever you see a great deal pop up and it's something that you need or want, just just grab it because these these deals do come up from time to time. And we will report them to you as best we can and especially – on the Cheapskate blog at cnet.com slash cheapskate. That's where you'll always find this stuff. So so check that out. So, Dave, you are a self-proclaimed Amazon junkie. You shop at Amazon all the time by your own admission last week. I assume that you, like everyone else, when you land at a particular Amazon product page, Probably the first place your eye goes after maybe the price is the star rating. You know, you see three stars, four stars, five stars, average rating. Would that be a correct assumption? Yeah. If it doesn't have at least a four-star rating, I don't even consider it. I just move on to another product. So would it interest you to know, Dave, I'll bet it would, that sometimes companies try to game the system. They no. artificially inflate inflate those reviews so that the product appears to have a higher rating. I can't believe that would happen, Rick. <laughs> it does. You're, so, you're, so often. Your, your mock outrage is amusing to me. <laughs> yeah, this is a problem that has been going on for, for kind of a long time, actually. And I know that a couple years back, Amazon said that they were going to take steps to combat fake reviews. And they, they did to a degree, but it's still a real issue. And so let me give a real-world example. Um, a, a while back, some friends of mine had purchased a watch, a smartwatch for their daughter. And it was it was one of the ones that have like tracking capabilities built in because they were concerned they wanted to be able to kind of keep tabs on their on their daughter and know where she was. And so they went on Amazon, of course, as one does, and they looked at the different watches out there. And they found this one that was priced at like 40 bucks or something like that. And it had just like a 4.8 star rating. And so, of course, they assumed, all right, this is a good product that works well. They get the thing and it's terrible. It does not work well at all. It's pretty bad product. I think they end up returning it. So what happened here? Like, how was it that this thing could have had 40 odd five star 
ratings? And the answer, of course, is that the seller, either employees of the company or friends and family or whatever, went on and left a bunch of fake reviews. And that artificially inflated the result. And that's the thing that happens. This is this is the problem. Have you encountered this yourself, Dave, when when looking at products? What's been your experience with the fake reviews? Yeah, I see them all the time, and I see them so much. I have actually developed my patented four rules, four Dave Johnson rules for knowing whether something is a fake review. Wow. Okay, lay mommy. All right. So you you ready for this? Okay. So <laughs> I am. I'm trying to I'm trying to tell if you're setting up a bit here or no, if this no, is like no, real I'm, legitimate I'm totally thing. serious. I, okay. I, there are four things that I think when combined are a really good indication that it's a fake review. One is over-exuberance, an irrational level of exuberance and excitement over it. Bad grammar. Short. If the review is just too short, it's one or two lines and doesn't really tell you why it's great. It just tells you it's great. And last but not least, it's just laundry listing the features rather than saying how well those features work, where it basically looks like it's just reiterating the the sell sheet that the manufacturer came up with. So those are some excellent tips. The one challenge there is that you're asking the, the customer to go through the reviews and kind of vet them himself or herself. Mm-hmm. And that's a time-consuming thing that I don't know that a lot of people are, are willing to do. Fortunately, there are a couple of tools available that can vet Amazon customer reviews for you. And anybody who's who's read the Cheapskate blog is familiar with these because I call them out frequently, as, as do you. One is called FakeSpot, and one is called Review Meta. And we will include links to both of those uh, in the show notes, of course. But basically, what these things do is they analyze the reviews, kind of looking for red flags, kind of some of the things that you mentioned, like the, the exuberance, or they're too short, or the person who left the review has only ever posted one review, and this is it, things like that. And they will use these algorithms to kind of come up with a score or, or a rating of the ratings to let you know whether or not these reviews can be trusted or not. I recommend using both, but there's a there's a caveat here. Whenever I'm looking at, let's call it a Bluetooth speaker, a mobile charger, or wireless earbuds or whatever, I see that the product has maybe 30, 40, 50 ratings. That right there is an indication to me that there's probably some deception involved because what happens is these sellers come onto Amazon with their product and a low price and they just want to get, they want it to get attention. So they, they post, you know, a couple dozen fake or questionable reviews. And that is when I'll turn to both fake spot and review meta to check these reviews and make sure they're on the up and up. Very often what I find is that fake spot and review meta can be at odds with each other. One will say most of these reviews are legitimate and the other will say a lot of these reviews are fake. Then who do you trust, Dave? What what do you believe then? Ghostbusters. Oh, no, wait, sorry, answering the wrong question. <laughs> that's, that's who you're going to call. You're, you're right that they're not always going to agree with each other. There's a couple of things here. One is it's a good way to get a quick snapshot of what the quality of the reviews are in aggregate. If one of them says, hey, a lot of these are fake, and the other one says, ah, I think the other they, they look pretty good, I would err on the side of assuming that a lot of them are fake. And 
if you want to take the time, you can then click through and look at them, and that's where you can apply my patented four rules. But here's the deal. <laughs> you don't have to read all the reviews to get a sense of them. Take a look at the three-star, the two-star, the one-star reviews and see, do they feel credible? Because you are going to find people that are just irrationally angry and they're going to leave terrible reviews for a product or... There's probably a little corporate espionage going on here where one company will leave bad reviews about another product, right? Have you ever seen that happen? <laughs> I have. And so this this whole thing, the whole thing with reviews, it, it's kind of turned into a Wild West type of situation where just anything goes and it's really hard to know what's real and what's credible and what's not. Here's a couple of key takeaways that I want everyone to walk away with. First, if a product does indeed prove to have some fake or questionable reviews, whether it's by your own judgment or it's from using FakeSpot or ReviewMeta, it doesn't mean that it's a bad product, okay? It might just mean that the company is, again, just trying to rise above the rest with, with a high rating so that you will notice this product or this great price or whatever. I've seen a lot of – I've tested a lot of products over the years that, that definitely had some questionable reviews associated with them that turned out to be very good products. I just want you to be aware that even if you get that red flag of, oh, this has fake reviews, it doesn't mean you, you shouldn't buy that product. The other thing I'll mention is that Amazon's return policy is fairly generous. So if you get something – and it turns out to be a bummer and you hate it uh, or it's defective in some way, you can return it very quickly and very easily for a full refund. So you're, you're pretty well covered in that event. So, Rick, before we move on to the next segment, let's just take a minute. I think it might be fun to share a couple of reviews that we actually know are fake. I've got a couple here. I've masked out the name of the product. So here's one. It's It says, it's refreshing to know I'm not the only one who loves product name and its other appliances give me. Giving me control <laughs> is so empowering, it makes me glow. Ha ha. Now... <laughs> Clearly, I'm going to guess that that was probably like badly translated from another language. Also, look at the fact that there's there's no real information there. So you can go on to another one where it's like, oh, yeah, here's one. I love product name because it's possible to control your lights from anywhere, anytime. Customize schedule, voice control, timer, scene function, make your home light smart, get free of your hand, living easy. Feeling safe and saving energy, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. So there we have somebody that's just decided to copy and paste the feature list and did it with really mangled English. Yeah, if you're willing to take the time to scan some reviews, it, it's pretty obvious which ones are fake and which ones are, are real. Uh, you, you get pretty pretty keen at, at being able to tell the difference. So everyone, just, just beware that fake reviews are a thing, but also beware that they are not necessarily indicative of this being a terrible product or this company being super sleazy. I mean, okay, it's it's a sleazy practice, no question about it, but it's it doesn't mean you should rule that product out right from the get-go. And so let us know your thoughts on this whole situation, the, the fake reviews, if you ever feel like you've been duped by them or you feel like you've gotten pretty good at spotting them. Send your thoughts and comments to a cheapskate show at cbsinteractive.com. So, Rick, I just decided to cancel my subscription to Wired. 
I have subscribed to Wired for years, the digital subscription, so I just have it on my iPad, and I realized I'm spending, I don't know, $15, $20 a year, and I don't have time to read half the issues. It occurs to me there's probably a cheaper way to read magazines without subscribing to each one individually. <laughs> and, and I think we should pause here to note that for anybody who's under the age of, say, 30, we should probably explain what a magazine is. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like a web page that's printed out on paper. Yeah, like once a month it would show up in your mailbox and it would have uh, information printed on paper, which is uh, something else you might, <laughs> might need explaining to you. <laughs> Yeah, and then you would read it while sitting in the bathroom. I really enjoy making fun of people under the age of 30 who don't know what certain things are, <laughs> like, like cassette tapes and magazines and, you know, rotary phones, things like that. So anyway, magazines. I love magazines. I grew up reading magazines. I even started a magazine, as you may recall, Dave, way back a million years ago. I remember being out. We were out jogging together, and you said, how hard could it be? <laughs> Just let's just do it on nights and weekends. Piece of cake. All right. So anyway, magazines are still a thing. Thank goodness. And let's talk about ways that you can get magazines for free to read on your phone or your tablet. Because let's face it, reading digitally is much quicker and easier a lot of times and better for trees than getting a magazine in your mailbox. And of course, if you have not already guessed, the way to go about doing this is by having a library card. You said that you haven't had a library card since the age of nine, which I find kind of sad because libraries are still the best thing ever. Well, I was exaggerating. I had a library card through high school because I went to high school back in the days when you had to go to the library to look up things in encyclopedias and then spend, I'm guessing, 10 cents per page to photocopy them to take them home to write your report. <laughs> oh, my God. What's an encyclopedia? <laughs> Oh, my God. It, yes. Virtually none of the words I just said make sense to anyone under 30. Yeah. What's a card catalog? <laughs> What's a copier? But nonetheless, I had a library card, but I haven't had one as an adult. And so I knew we were going to be talking about some library solutions for getting free magazines today. So the thing you're about to talk about, RB Digital... I decided, let's see how difficult it is. First of all, you talk about it, and then I'll tell you what my experience was. Sure. A couple weeks back, actually, we talked about uh, ways to get ebooks uh, from your library using this uh, library extension for your browser. You can also check out magazines from your library in digital format. And the tool, the app and service that make this possible is called RB Digital, which I like to think that they named after me. Rick Broida Digital, RB Digital. And you can get this. You, you'll want to go on your library's website to see if they offer RB Digital. Most libraries, I think, do. But you'll want to check that out because that's the first thing that you need. If they don't, get in touch with your librarian and ask them to add it because Her I don't name think is there's... Susan, by the way. <laughs> She's the one in the glasses. So anyway, you sign up for RB Digital using your library card, and then you basically have access to the full catalog of magazines that your library makes available. And I've been using RB Digital for boy, a couple of years now, and the magazines I read on the regular, if anyone is interested, just by way of example of what you can get, Men's Health, Men's Fitness, Cook's Illustrated, Bon Appetit, 
Family Handyman and Reader's Digest. Those are just some of the ones that I read regularly. Oh, cool. I haven't seen Reader's Digest since my dad used to subscribe to it. I used to read it religiously when I was a little kid. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I never read it as a kid or or until I was an adult, really, and I'm actually kind of surprised at how much I enjoy it. I always felt like that's that's the old person's magazine, <laughs> but yeah. I guess that's me now. I always aspired when I was a little kid to sending in a joke and getting $300. <laughs> we still can. They still do that. <laughs> All right, so tell, tell me what your experience was, because you said you have no library card. First of all, I scanned your CNET article to see how to do it, and you gave some, some good advice in the story. So I Googled Los Angeles Public Library. I found the website. It says, we're shut down for Corona, so you can't come in. We're not issuing library cards, but you can get a digital library card. The process took 30 seconds for me to fill out the form. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll have to wait a week for them to process it. But literally, by the time I had clicked send, I had an email with my library card number on it. It was that fast. So That, that then, is amazing to me. I'm really surprised. Yeah. Hey, in L.A., we, we have our stuff together. So <laughs> your article then says, check the website to see if they support RB Digital. And I looked all over the website. I couldn't find any trace of it. But then I just did the logical thing. I just Googled RB Digital Los Angeles Public Library, and I landed on a page that here's how you get signed up for RB Digital with the LA Public Library. I did that. That took 30 seconds. And then I installed the app on my phone, set up an account, and I would say 10 minutes start to finish from the moment I thought, hey, let me try this process. 10 minutes later, I had checked out um, Scientific American or some other science magazine. Awesome. Okay, so that's a great example of even if you don't have a library card, you may be able to get cranking on this in just 10 short minutes, everyone. And free magazines, you can basically keep them as long as you like uh, to read. If you think, oh, I don't want to read a magazine on my phone – the RB Digital app has a kind of a text mode, which will basically just kind of strip away all the graphics and things and just leave you with the text of each article, which makes it much easier to read. So if you haven't read a magazine lately or you haven't read a magazine ever, here's your opportunity to do so for free. I can't recommend RB Digital highly enough, so check it out. Hey, Rick, it's time for our favorite segment, the listener mail. This week, we have an email from Stacy Alessi, and she writes, As a librarian, I was delighted to see you point out the Chrome extension, but I'm not sure if you've ever recommended BookBub. They send out daily email based on your reading preferences with cheap, usually $3 is the priciest ebook, along with a few that are free. The book runs the gamut from the big five publishers to self-published. That is a great tip, Stacy. Thank you for sending that along. I have actually used uh, BookBub myself for years, and uh, yeah, it's great. Like I think every day, or I think you can set it to be weekly, they will send you like this digest of books that are on sale for cheap or for free that match the categories that you selected, the type of stuff that you like to read. And I have actually found some great, great deals on books that way. In fact, Dave, you know how I'm, I love to mention City of Thieves. Um, BookHub has alerted me a couple times when that book has gone on sale for like two or three bucks, and then I turn around and shout it out to the Cheapskate audience because I must I must share. Oh, I was just assuming you just bought a fresh copy every time it went on sale. 
You now own 30 <laughs> digital copies of City of Thieves. Yeah, that's a great tip. Uh, thank you again, Stacy. If you are interested in finding cheap and free ebooks, subscribe to BookBub, which you could do at bookbub.com. And of course, as always, we will include the uh, link to that in the show notes. And as always, if you have a tip of your own you want to share, send it along to us at Cheapskate Show at cbsinteractive.com. So thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll be back next week with more deals and more money-saving advice. In the meantime, you can find daily deals by visiting cnet.com slash cheapskate and following us on Twitter at Cheapskate Blog or Facebook at Cheapskate Rick. So until next time, everyone be kind to each other, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay cheap. <laughs>